to the Let's Talk Crypto podcast, where we discuss the latest Bitcoin, blockchain, and digital asset news. Hey everybody, hope you're all well. I'm your host, Wes Carlson. This is episode 26 of the Let's Talk Crypto podcast, recorded on Wednesday, the 20th of November, 2019. This is chapter 5 of the Crypto Market Wizard series, a set of interviews with Bitcoin traders, many of whom I've been following for some time. They are all passionate about Bitcoin and trading, and each contribute to the space in their own unique way. Today I have Ugly Old Goat. He is a well-known content creator and outspoken Bitcoin supporter who loves sound money and personal sovereignty. We had a great time chatting. I must say there's a lot that I learned about him that I didn't know before. He has a wealth of experience in legacy markets. He has a wealth of experience in crypto trading, especially Bitcoin, and he's a firm believer in the Bitcoin standard. Now, I must apologize. I haven't done a podcast in a few weeks. I've had some business responsibilities that I've had to deal with. And likewise, I'd like to mention that this podcast has been recorded with me having a blocked nose. So if I find if you find that I'm a bit nasal and sound a bit strange, it's because I have a blocked nose suffering with some severe hay fever. If you can look past that, I'm sure you'll enjoy this episode. I really, really did enjoy it to see the man behind the meme. Let's get going. Agile Goat, here we are. Thank you for joining us. It's been a long time planning, so I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I know you've been really busy traveling, holding conferences and everything. So welcome to the show, man. How you been? Uh, well, I, I'm doing pretty good now. Yeah, it's been a long time you coming. I know you've asked me to do this for probably months now. And I, I, I know I said yes. And then one thing comes up after another thing. It's kind of Bitcoin world. You know how that goes. And, and then I started having some minor uh, health issues. Of course, we had a, that conference and that, was, that took my time. And then after that, I had some minor health issues. So I'm kind of... I always thought I was in the autumn of my life, but I think it's uh, winter now. The, the leaves have fallen off and I'm raking, I'm raking the yard. So um, that's, that's, I just have to adjust to, you know, the new reality. <laughs> well, if we're going to relate it to seasons, don't worry. Everything turns a full circle and you'll be back to spring before you know it. <laughs> well, not in this life. Sorry to hear about your health, but you, you, you're all good now. I mean, well, you, you, you better. Yeah, you're... well, I'm not. No, I'm not back to where I, I don't think I'll get back to where I was. But I, I, I it's not anything that's, you know, not, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to recover 80 or 90% or more. So uh, it wasn't, we thought we were worried I had a stroke or something, but it wasn't. Okay. That, that was good. All right. Okay. Well, I'm glad to have you on. I'm glad you're still with us here. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I can say is that uh, you've been very busy and uh, whether it's been on social media, forming your own channel and podcast and video on, on YouTube and then even holding your own conferences. Yeah, we, we, we did that. I mean, really, I, 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 a lot of most of this is new you know i'm i'm uh, not very tech savvy so i have to have people around me to help me uh but i i really started uh just writing articles like i kind of got into this thing different than anybody else and started writing on medium 
and apparently, you know, I, I enjoyed it and I found out I could write and I, I do have some things to say, particularly to help people on trading. And that's really where I, uh, you know, got going, uh, uh very quickly, you know, had a, a pretty good following about seven or 8,000 on Twitter. That's right. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then we, from there, you know, because I've, I've been successful in Bitcoin, I kind of wanted to, to do a new things. And so we started, we built a little studio here. We do, we're kind of new at it. We're, we're not very professional at our YouTube, but I do YouTube. I'm not doing the yeah. Twitter. After I did the medium, I did the Twitter. And then we did a little thing we called the working man's Bitcoin cruise, which was uh, an, uh, a, a conference uh, geared by ont Bitcoin entrepreneurs for Bitcoin entrepreneurs. And it was uh, uh, financially, it was not a success. I mean, I knew that this was going to, uh, particularly our first one is you're not going to make it. But, but fortunately, I had a price at such a, a, a good rate when, when Bitcoin was about four, four or 5,000 uh, that the people that bought their tickets in advance, I just hodled. And, and so we did Okay, because market went up so much, but people started buying, stopped buying tickets because the price, you know, I priced it in Bitcoin. So anyway, yeah. that's that's the story of Bitcoin. But it, no, it was a highly successful conference simply because it put together a bunch of people, and we're there's going to be a lot of new things coming out from that. And yeah, yeah we're excited about doing it again. I just I need to, well, hopefully we'll organize it even better. And we want to keep the price down to get as many uh, uh, entrepreneurs. It's basically my philosophy is there's only really two kinds of entrepreneurs in the world. There's those with Bitcoin and those without Bitcoin. And wow. Those with yeah. And so what we need to do the, to me the next big uh, move in Bitcoin, and I do think we're going to see the the largest move in, in both duration and magnitude uh, on this next coming cycle. Uh, I don't think it's going to be driven by banking the unbanked or using Bitcoin as cash. It's going to be entrepreneurs who learn how to use Bitcoin uh, as a standard in their business. And I do make a big distinction between Bitcoin and the Bitcoin standard because the Bitcoin standard is where the future is. Uh, Bitcoin is just is just the backbone. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just like on a gold standard. You know, very little gold was used as cash. The only time it was ever used as cash in, in a big way was during the California gold rush when gold was plentiful and, you know, a, a, a pound of coffee cost you two or three thousand dollars in gold when good gold was twenty dollars an ounce. <laughs> uh, you had to get that gold uh, across uh, to, to get a good price for gold. You had to get it back across the Panama of Isthmus. Christmas of, of Panama, and uh, you know nobody was going that way. <laughs> they were all going <laughs> from east to west, so that yeah. was an anomaly. So, but, but gold was never. I mean, people would hoard a few gold coins, but cash was always used. Uh, was created by banks by banknotes through coinage, which uh, was always had a higher. Uh, face value than intrinsic value. That's what that's called sonorage. And that's a legitimate yeah. uh, function of government and, and you know, how they can have honest revenue. When you, uh, when you so, talk about sonorage, are you saying like just the value of like from the gold to the, the government produced sort of paperback? Or, I mean, could you well, explain that you know, a little bit? 
Well, Sonori does the difference between the face value uh, of the coin and the intrinsic value. Uh, right yeah. now, you have a negative sonorage, I think, in the, the U.S. Uh, pennies because it costs more than a penny to make a penny because the dollar has been devalued so much. Okay, but that makes sense. Was, yeah, so when I was a child back in the 1950s, I mean, I grew up when all the coinage, the silver, we had silver dimes, silver quarters, silver 50-cent pieces, and silver dollars. When you went to Vegas, you played the slots with silver dollars. And uh, the, but the, the amount of silver in there, uh, uh, the dollar was tied to a specific weight of gold. So the difference that there wasn't as much silver in there as the face value. So the government would issue the uh, mint, the coinage, and the difference between the face value and the intrinsic value is sonorage. And that's the profit that the government would make or income the government would make for providing that service. Uh, because, uh, you, you know, gold was not good cash. It just it never has been good cash. It's always yeah. been a great standard of value. And yeah. that's what, that's what you, you really need to understand Bitcoin. You have to understand the difference between uh, Bitcoin, what we have now, and the emerging Bitcoin nation. But I mean, when you say that, and it becomes emerging it, it, Bitcoin standard. Go ahead, I mean standard. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't worry, we got that. But when when you say that, like, um, I mean, we're diving straight deep into this now. Like, we were gonna like just go a little bit slowly and carefully, but hell, let's let's do this. So Bitcoin, right? It there's a cost to produce it. They're miners. They they are um they they're expending electricity and they've got warehousing costs, whatever it is that goes into producing a Bitcoin, yeah? And obviously, you've got these parabolic booms that happen. So the, there is seniorage there, right? I mean, there will be a difference between the, the cost that they are producing the Bitcoin for and the cost that the Bitcoin's worth, right? Is it comparable? Like, what you, um, can, we, no, can I, we compare it? I don't think that's really comparable. Well, that's more like talking about the cost of producing gold and, yeah. uh, and, you know, act, and, 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 and the price of gold. That, that's what you're talking about. That's really okay. not Sonorage. Uh, I okay. do think, yeah, I do think Sonorage uh, will to a degree come into play. I'm not sure exactly how I, I do think what's more likely to emerge is you're going to see, the emergence of a banking beyond the exchanges right now the yeah. exchanges are acting as as bitcoin banks and that's unfortunate because it's a very weak form uh, uh, of banking and we don't really know you know how sound they are um, but i do think you're going to see more for example i just uh, one of the things that, that we've just started is i started uh, a website and i do a newsletter incidentally most of my material is free Ninety-five uh, percent yes. of it is is free and available. You don't need to subscribe to my newsletter. I don't recommend that you do, unless you have a hodl uh, of at least five or ten Bitcoin. You don't. Mm -hmm. you, you need the first thing you need to do is, is get that hodl. Mm -hmm. But uh, what we do is is I do try and put out good information, uh, and so we have a referral link. So if if somebody I I I might might lifetime members uh, if they uh, somebody signs up and becomes a lifetime member under them they get a small credit 
And you see mm -hmm. that all over the place. And so that is a form of credit being uh, created in the marketplace. And you're going to see more and more, more of that. It's, it's called, it's actually merchant banking. Uh, and it, it's a phenomenon you're going to see as more and more people get on the Bitcoin standard. Now, eventually what will happen is that it becomes a banking function. And that's why the gold standard developed. People don't understand that the banks back in the 19th century, they actually developed the concept of self-liquidating commercial paper. And that's a way that you can, you actually create purchasing media out of nothing. But it's non-inflationary, and it's really not out of nothing because it represents all the new goods and services coming in the marketplace. The only uh, money creation, uh, it, it's represented not just with Bitcoin, but any new product on the market. So if you're producing a widget, uh, you know, and you need to pay your, your, your suppliers and your help and and all the expenses that go with producing those widgets, uh, a bank would actually create a credit, uh, and and uh, but they would have a lien on those widgets. And so it that's what uh, the gold standard was all about. It was a standard to do business on, and that's what I see is happening and going to be happening in the Bitcoin uh, market in the decade ahead. For that to happen, do you think gold needs to take a back seat, or can they coexist? Oh, I think they can coexist. I think that's clear. Uh, I, I think that's. Uh, I, I think that that mo I think that uh, I'm hopeful, and I think it's so exciting that Bitcoin will actually uh, force the governments uh, to uh, back to sound money and and back to a gold standard. And I would love to see Bitcoin and a gold standard compete. You know, Bitcoin has no borders. Uh, mm -hmm. Gold essentially does, and so a, a it's a, physical, a right? I mean, state, so I mean, you yes, literally it's physical. yeah. And so is in a nation state is too. A, a nation has physical borders. Yeah, and and so they can't. And I think it would be wonderful. I mean, can you imagine what what kind of a world we're going to have in the next uh, generation if yeah. we have governments on a gold standard and yet as sovereign individuals, uh, we can choose our jurisdiction. Now we have governments competing for sound money. Whoa, what a twist that will be, huh? Yeah, I mean, it'll be turning things upside down. Yeah, and, and this, is what I, I, this is what I think is one of the big mistakes that the current generation has, is we have to get over this idea that we're gonna have uh, competing standards. Uh, we're mm. not, we're gonna have one standard that emerges and that is uh, the, uh, the longest chain under proof of work, which is Bitcoin. Now, if you want to be another standard, that's fine, but just show me. I'm from Missouri, so you have to show me. Once you become the longest chain with proof of work, then <laughs> you're the Bitcoin. But, but until you do that, I don't want to hear, you know, hear from you. Don't, don't make me all these promises. And I didn't really <laughs> understand this because I fell for the idea that we needed competing standards. Uh, and then I went back and, and read uh, Hayek and found an old obscure article, and he yeah. recognized that, no, it's going to be one standard that emerges, and it's going to be that standard that will actually compete with government money. I said, yeah, that's, that makes sense. It's so simple. And yet we, we, but we all want to be the standard. You know, we want, no, my money is better than your money. And you know what? 
okay, Bitcoin, uh, that is just simply the standard. Okay, maybe it could be a, there was a better one out there that could have started differently, but you know what? Uh, when the gold standard emerged, it wasn't a copper standard, it wasn't a silver standard, it, and it wasn't a platinum standard. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, but I mean that's it that's was a gold standard. That's what we agreed on, you know, and yeah. so that's that's what, what that that's but, how we we conducted business. But that was free market, right? I mean, free market sort yes. of. Yeah, play. the market decided. Yeah, yes. the, the market, market decided. The market decided. You can't enforce your will on the market. The market decided right. gold was the standard, not copper, not silver, nothing else, right? So clearly, then, um, with the, the last minute conversation. You must be a massive fan of Ethereum. A what? <laughs> well, let me put it a moment's I, silence. I, I, well, no, no, no. I'll put it this way. Look, I've been there and done that. I, I had my little fling in, in the altcoin, and Ethereum was one. I, 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 I missed out on the uh, initial offering. But I think I bought it well under a dollar, but I think below the initial offering. And then, of course, mm. I started uh, educating myself on Bitcoin and the Bitcoin yeah. standard. And I listened to yeah. Tone Base. <laughs> and so I sold all my, my Ethereum, you know, I don't know, very, very cheaply. Um, yeah. And, uh, 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 no, exactly. No, but it was, it was it was a joke anyway. But in in the sense of like the gold, copper, silver standard, you know, um, right? Free market. Yeah, it's permissionless. You can you can come up with whatever you want to do, and you you have your standard. I have my standard, but the market will determine what is the exactly. standard. You know, and if you try and enforce your will on any market, it's not going to listen to you, is it? Nope. No, it won't. And. My the safe way is just stay with the Bitcoin standard. I mean, I had my little fling. In, the, in fact, I did, I did very well last year shorting uh, Bcash and shorting uh, Ethereum. You know, against Bitcoin, and, and that that's and that still has even worked this this year fairly well. So, and funny uh, enough, the the moment that Arthur Arthur Hayes opened up the ability to short. Bitcoin, uh, I mean, not Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum against uh, perps on uh, on his exchange. I mean, yeah, that was a great opportunity. I must yeah. say. No, it's pretty. It was pretty. It was, that was pretty much like shooting fish in a barrel. Not initially. I mean, it ran up very hard. I was. I I tried the short side on the way up a couple of times and got clobbered. But uh, you had to, you have to wait for that trend to turn. Yeah, so exactly. So tell me something. I mean, that's all about Bitcoin and everything. You you clearly are either an analyst or a trader. And for me, it sounds like you lean more towards you analyze, but you are an actual trader. And I do find there is a difference. Why? Because some people only analyze and don't trade. But you do get analysts who trade and you do get traders. So yes. where, where do you fall into this camp? I'm definitely a trader. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, and I, I teach, uh, uh, trading. Uh, I, I think anybody can do it. Uh, I think most people don't succeed because they, uh, their emphasis is entirely wrong. Uh, most people, you know, they want to know where the price is going and, you know, where's the price going to be tomorrow or next week or in a month. And, you know, when people ask me that, they and they say, "Oh, ugly!" And my, they say, "Oh, ugly!" I've been, you know, I read all your articles, and 
uh, I really enjoy your work. Where do you think the price is going? And I say, well, you know, I don't think he really read my articles because you wouldn't ask me that question because I really have no idea, no clue where the market is going. Don't even think it, that's important to know. Uh, the If you ask me whether I'm long or short, I, I, I'll tell you. Uh, and but I'll, I, I don't think uh, if you need to, if if you if you need to make a correct trade, uh, then you're probably uh, over trading because you're not going to be right uh, all the time. So my emphasis is not really on the technical; it's really on money management. I think if you master money yeah. management, all the rest will fit into place. Yeah, I can definitely hear that from what you're saying. Um, in a sense that. You know, you've you've got people, and you can you could sort of tell if somebody tells you to predict the price where it's going to be tomorrow, or in a week, or in ten days, or in one year's time. It just shows that they're looking more for an analyst's point of view. Uh, a trader works off an edge, you know, and if you've got an edge, you play that, and you know that's it. Uh, if you ask the person where the price will be tomorrow or the next day, it could be here, it could be there. However, if this happens, then that. Then I'll take this position if these targets are hit or if this trend line's broken or if that uh, support is broken or wh whatever it may be. Whatever their edge may be, they'll play it. And it sounds like that's definitely the way that you lean towards. It is a lot of fun, though, to have sort of a mental masturbation. <laughs> Well, here, here's the here's the edge. I can I can uh, I'll absolutely tell anybody that will listen the edge, and the again most people don't succeed at trading, and I find that the reason is they they have their, their priorities wrong. They emphasize technical analysis, which technical analysis has a use, but it's the least important thing. Uh, the most important thing is what I said at the beginning uh, is money management. Uh, the second most important thing is fundamentals. And the distant third is a technical analysis. Now, the fundamentals of Bitcoin uh, is that, you know, it has a limited supply. Uh, it, it uh, you know, is easily transferable. Uh, it's semi, you know, anonymous. It's private. As long as it's, yes. And, you know, as long as you own the keys, uh, it's your Bitcoin. So yeah. the heart, I mean, the fun, that's the whole thing. And, and the major fundamental isn't even Bitcoin. The fundamental is, is that we live in a paper fiat world. And that's the fundamental that creates and will continue to create value in Bitcoin. So fundamentally, what does that mean? It means real simple what a lot of people hear and know about, but few have really been able to do, and that is to hodl. And you have to learn to hodl and have a long-term uh, perspective. Uh, and, you know, the, there's so many people that got into Bitcoin or crypto, and I, I distinguish myself. I am not in the, I, I, I am not, do not believe in the crypto market. I'm not part of the crypto world. I'm a Bitcoin standard bearer. It's Bitcoin and Bitcoin alone. And it's the only one that has the fundamentals. It's the only one that you can dollar cost average. And over time, you're going to make out like a, a gangbuster. And so my emphasis is that if you don't have a hodl, you need to acquire one. And how you do it is up to you. You can jump in with a, a, a sizable purpose, I think, purchase and then dollar cost average from there. 
I believe that if you're not a prudent or wise person, uh, if you don't have at least 5% of your money into Bitcoin. Uh, I have no problem having 40% into Bitcoin. And at one time when I had nothing, I had, you know, 100% uh, into Bitcoin. But uh, that, that's what, you, that's the fundamentals. And so there's really nothing technical about it except you need to hodl. Now, once you have the hodl, now you can start trading a Bitcoin. Uh, but you never want to risk more than about 5% of your hodl. And that's where yeah. people make mistakes because I've known so many people that they either they bought Bitcoin, but the most of them, you know, after they doubled their money or made so much, they got out or they start trading it and they lose it all. Hey, once you get a hodl, don't lose that hodl. That is your stand. That is your core. Uh, that is what you're going to center all your other activities uh, around for the next several generations. And so that's the emphasis that I make. And uh, I, again, if once you get that through your head, I don't think trading successfully isn't that difficult. Uh, it just it just takes a different way of thinking. I think, yeah, very sound points there. As somebody who's been uh, sort of uh, hodling Bitcoin since, uh, let's say, I first got involved in Bitcoin in 2012, I didn't buy or anything, but understood, bought some, sold it, used it, utilized, did not understand uh, Bitcoin as sound money at that stage, unfortunately. Definitely not one of the people who have hundreds or thousands of Bitcoins. In late 2014, or was it 2015, I uh, started buying like, let's say at 200, $300 around there and built up a nice huddle position literally uh, tried my hand at trading once or twice and was just like, no, <laughs> that hurts. That really hurts. I will not do that again. And I left that alone until 2018. Okay. So I had a good huddle position. I still do, but a different huddle position. In 2018, I basically spent a lot of time and resources learning how to trade and I figured out that exactly what you just said, actually, you know, uh, that you can't predict which way it's going to go. Technical analysis is, you know, it's just going to help you maybe on the short time frames. That's about it. On the, the, the whole, obviously, I'm a believer in Bitcoin. I understand the fundamentals. So that wasn't something that I need to be convinced on. But where things absolutely cemented in my mind was money management or risk management. And one of the people that actually made me more aware of this was Tyler Jenks and his, uh, his approach to consensio and, and then applying that in the different things, uh, different uh, sort of strategies. And it made me realize that you could actually have the wrong strategy, but if you've got good money management principles, you can still come out on top. Exactly. That's what people don't understand. You don't, you, yeah. don't, you know, the people think I'm a great super trader. Hey, I'm really not. Now, I mean, I'm very successful, but if you look at my trades sometimes, they're not very, not very smart. But you, you know, don't I, need I, the best entry. You don't need to have the superstar no. entry or exit. But if you, if you get 50% of the move or whatever, because you had good, principles in place, money management principles in place. Right. 
No, it is. And, and, and you don't have to be, you know, the way I, way I put it, there's a lot of large traders that become small traders. There's a few yeah. small traders. Most small traders remain small traders, but there are a few small traders that become large traders. And the wise large trader becomes a small trader again. You need to, you know, to, I call it trimming. You need to, I don't call it trimming. Another, uh, there was a book written, written The Art of Execution. They called it trimming. I'd always done it. I didn't know there was a name for it. But you want to always take some off the table. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I have a, uh, my, my wife is my partner. And I, uh, uh, when in 2017, you know, uh, December, she wanted a, a raptor. Uh, and so she bought a, a, a Raptor, which it didn't cost <laughs> us, I don't know, seven Bitcoin. And yeah. uh, she drove for a year and wanted something else. And she, so she bought that Raptor for seven Bitcoin and traded it for something else when it, it essentially got 42 Bitcoin a year later. <laughs> you can see literally bought the Raptor when Bitcoin was at 17,000 and sold it when Bitcoin was at at 3,500. So like yeah, I say, I, I make, made a chart on and buy Lambo here, sell Lambo here, how to trade Lambo. So <laughs> what a pleasure. I call it, uh, there's three aspects to this. There's hodl. Once you have your hodl, okay. Then yeah. there's what I call saving. And it's a, a, a bastardization of the word savvy. It's savvy to trading. Basically, Hey, you know what? You're hodled. Reward yourself. Uh, buy a new computer. Buy your wife a Raptor. Spend. You know, buy a new house. Buy some. You know. You get something uh, apart from uh, that you just enjoy. Go on a vacation. Then there's a third thing, and I call that builder. And that doesn't mean that you. They. They kind of. Uh, I actually picked that up from. I think it was. Uh, who was it? The, the, the head of the Bitso Exchange, uh, Pablo Gonzalez, he, he gave a great speech, but he talked about building on these altcoins. I said, no, you want to build on the Bitcoin standard. So, you know, that's what we did. I put, you, you, you we bought a, a house for, a, you know, a Bitcoin house down here. We, uh, she bought equipment for a factory because she, she's a designer. Once then she makes her own, we make our own hats and t-shirts. Uh, and then we put, I decided, you know what, I'll put 10 Bitcoin into developing a website and tell the people that I've learned. So there's different aspects to it. There's not just the hauling, there's the saving. And then you want other assets apart from Bitcoin uh, to, to do different things. Bit, and that's what bit, the Bitcoin standard is about. You're just learning to do your Bitcoin, but your, uh, do, uh, do your business, but your home base, your standard is Bitcoin. And it's a, just a new way of thinking. Do you think that if the standard really is Bitcoin, we'll lose volatility? It'll lose, lose volatility? Yes, uh, eventually I do think it will. But it has to go hand in hand with the development of banking. Uh, and of course, it will also it will require at least a, a, a huge price rise as, as far as far as, as dollar terms. But I think the stability will come when we learn the old principles of sound commercial banking. Uh, and re, uh, my mentor was E.C. Harwood, and he wrote a great article on the lost start of commercial banking. And I see that will be emerging uh, in the decades ahead in Bitcoin. And as that emerges then yes, the volatility will go down substantially.
Can, can you help me out here? What, what are the sound principles of banking as opposed to the banking that we have now? Like just bullet points, like what are the main things? Well, it's, it's, well, it's, 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 it's described uh, traditionally, maybe people can understand better. It's really known as self-liquidating commercial paper. And basically what it is, is yeah, credit can be established, uh, but the, and, and new money can, it's called, you can actually create non-inflationary purchasing media so long as the purchasing, the loans that are created, the, the money created out of nothing, the Bitcoin standard credits created are backed by the, the new production coming onto the marketplace. That's the difference between the Bitcoin standard and Bitcoin. And that's why I say, I, I, don't, I see that, that um, the transactions, uh, I think all Bitcoin standard transactions will eventually be free because it'll actually be, be provided by merchants as a service to their customers. So I, I, don't, see, I don't see this debate on, on, because most people don't, they, you know, they don't need lightning. They don't care about lightning. They, they just want convenience and it's going to be the entrepreneurs that can meet that demand that are, are, are going to benefit substantially. But and I mean, gonna, that, that type of Bitcoin standard that you talk about that would be with commercial banks. I mean, we, we just, we literally just talk shooting the breeze here. Yeah. Okay. Look, here to make, to make it simple. If you're simple, let me put this very simply. Yeah. If you're a hobbler, you're a banker. You just don't know it yet. So you need to start educating yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can, you can uh, literally, uh, what do you call that when you, you can multiply the, you can make a multiplier effect of your hodl because you're on a Bitcoin standard. And that's what I see developing. It's gonna start with merchants and then maybe a more formal type of thing uh, is going to emerge. But I'm, uh, uh, I don't, you know, the, that's what I see. And I, I just, it'll happen off chain. Okay, the gold standard, literally happened off off chain you know it, it was it, it gold was never changing hands but it was everything was priced in terms of gold that's what's going to happen with the bitcoin standard it becomes the standard and everything it becomes another layer where everybody transacts in a more convenient layer okay you got lightning now but you yeah, i don't know i i'm still waiting to understand lightning i mean i, I i'm strangely silent because i don't know that lightning's necessary yet. Somebody's really got to convince me. I'm not that smart. So you guys, if you can't convince me, I, you know, show me that lightning's really necessary. And maybe it is. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not discounting it. It's just, I, I, we are, we are so, so, so early that nobody really knows. Let's be honest, but uh, anything's plausible. Lightning's plausible and a merchant layer that where, where we have like these uh, more sort of entities that, that transact and settle back to the Bitcoin layer are also plausible, you know, who knows? But the key principle here is that Bitcoin is the foundation right. layer and that we've got the 21 million Bitcoins and <laughs> that's it. There's provable skills. <laughs> exactly. You know? you know, and so, yeah, yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, and, and it's the standard yeah. and, and, that, and what that means, you know, we don't know yet, except we have the broad outlines. I think if you look at history, we can have an idea. And I think that we have to go back and look at the 19th century gold standard 
first because that was the, the, the most sound money that we ever had for the longest period of time and most uh, imitates you know, what's going on today with Bitcoin. And I, I mean, I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I'd love to yeah. see government uh, gold standard compete with Bitcoin. I think that just that will be so healthy for the world and just uh, be the foundation for unprecedented wealth and prosperity. Do you think that after competing that that can coexist? Oh, yeah, they will coexist. Yeah, they, I, I don't, there was a debate between, uh, I think, who was between uh, uh, Satan and Amos and Seldon, was it? Yeah. And, and uh, I, I definitely am on, uh, believe, on the side of Seldon. Peter Schiff or? Yeah, I, I just don't see, uh, uh, the governments are still going to have their money, but, but what, what, Bitcoin is going to do is hopefully bring back uh, competing honest money among governments. And I think that's what I see. And I might be completely wrong, but that's the way I see it. I think that's the way F.A. Hayek saw it. Um, and I, I don't yeah. see, you know, the Bitcoin becoming an international, uh, you know, something that transcends nations. Nations are still going to have their local currencies. It's just that Bitcoin's going to transcend them all. So you want to be a Bitcoin player. Uh, you don't have to be, but if you want to be, uh, it's going to be kind of a new uh, internationalism. And that's why I call it, we call it the Bitcoin nation. And uh, yeah, that, that's what well, you've got two people on, on this podcast. You've got no naysayers to what you're saying. So don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because we don't have anybody on it just yeah just, <laughs> okay okay let's circle back to trading tell me something did you because you seem to know a lot about financial systems a lot about the legacy system you're a good from what i can hear i mean I, who am i to judge but i've read lots of your articles that's how i know who you are before you even before you even on uh, with tone or any of those guys everything i was reading your stuff way before and one of the things I'm wondering now is were you ever a trader or involved in financial system, like a money manager or any, in that sense of the word uh, before, what is your experience with this that you've now applying to Bitcoin? Like, okay. Okay. I, my, okay. I, okay. I'm 70 years old. And as a youngster, okay. I, I think I was 23 years old, I became a Series 7, first a commodities broker, and then later on a Series 7 uh, uh, securities dealer. So I was a, a full-fledged broker uh, in uh, primarily commodities, uh, but also, uh, you know, I had the ability to do traditional stocks and options and stuff like that. So yeah, I was actually. What does that mean, though? What is? Well, I was what does weaned, that mean? Sorry, I just was from... weaned on the markets of 1973, which is probably the closest thing to, to Bitcoin because it was a highly inflationary time. Uh, the commodity markets would go. We had limits in it. Sometimes they'd go limit up for five or ten days, and you, you couldn't trade and just do one move straight up or down, much like Bitcoin uh, is today. Yeah. Uh, I was also a. Uh, uh, self-taught student in economics. Uh, I was, of course, read Henry Hazlitt and became, my mentor was uh, E.C. Harwood from the American Institute of uh, Economic Research. Wow. Uh, and I became uh, very much a believer in, in uh, gold, and I actually start, started minting gold coins. 
and I started a company that was called Gold Standard Corporation. And at the time, it was a lot. Okay. I was actually in a private money experiment. One of the early on, when uh, you know, before all this other. I mean, I can't believe where we are today. Back in nineteen seventy-eight, seventy-nine, when I uh, got into the private money business, uh, you know, I wouldn't. We were just such a small minority. We were crazy. You know, we were just absolutely out to lunch. <laughs> you were at the fringe. And we were definitely the fringe, right. And, uh, but, I, you know, I, I made some gold coins. And I was the first one. Uh, I actually ended up, and my competitor was the South African government back then. I hear from South Africa. So you uh -huh. know, and they actually came out with a coin called the Baby Rand. At the same time, I, I decided to decimalize the tryouts. I came out with a half ounce. Wait a minute. Was that, was that before the Kruger Rand? Or, I mean, yes, I was before the Kruger Rand, half ounce. And what? Half I, I was doing that. For, they imitated me. I actually, had, I actually had somebody from the South. I can't remember the name of the company. Uh, but they, yeah, had a, wow. a, they had a government-owned corporate, and I lived in, in the Midwest, and they actually flew out to see me, and they wanted to buy me out. <laughs> and, and I should have done it. I would have avoided maybe 11 years in prison. But but anyway, I – Oh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. Yeah, so I became a uh, – and then I did silver coins, I and I minted I, – I, I minted probably close to a million, million coins. And uh, – and then I started taking deposits, and and then I, you know what, uh, I did. I was terrible. I, I I mismanaged the business, and then I my marriage fell apart, and uh, oh. I ran. I was running my my business for a year and a half from jail, and then it collapsed, and then I got and it was a big old mess. And long story short, I did eleven years in in various prisons, and. So you know okay. these guys, I I I understand. What I, look, I, uh, I I had no intention of committing of hurting anyone. Yet I did. I mean, the the, the real, reality yeah. is I did. Uh, and there was no intent there, uh, and I d wasn't running off with funds and living the high life. I just lost it in the marketplace. I mean, that was flat out. Yeah, yeah. Right, because I got behind and then tried to play catch up. So I guess I learned it from life experience, and that's why you know I I'm not why while I'm not a part of the crypto world and I dissociate myself from it, I also you know understand what's going on in some of the now I, I do think there's a lot of people that are out there just that are scammer scammers and are exit scamming, but I think a lot let's, of let's let's be honest though, and I hate to interrupt you. Let's be honest though. There's a lot of companies, banks, and big corporations that are guilty for exactly the same thing or even far worse. And when I say far worse, by mag orders of magnitude. So, yeah, okay. You did what yeah, you did. But the difference is they, they raised enough money. To, I was an easy target. And if, if you're well-financed, you're not because they're – and that, that's the difference. But I do believe there are other people that have gotten in, in and created these things and they really had good intentions. They thought they were doing the right thing. And one, yeah. they, a lot of them have woken up and said, no, this was wrong. And, uh, and, but so we kind of have to, you know, keep our hearts and minds open for those kind of people. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, ha I probably at the time I should have just, you know, said I probably would have had people that would have even bailed me out. But, 
but I was just too proud and, and you know, I wanted to, I didn't ever want to declare bankruptcy or reorganize or anything like that. And just things kept snowballing and getting worse. But, uh, you know, at the time, you know, I was doing all kinds of, of things. I, you know, I w was writing articles then and, and I, I wrote one on, uh, uh, I reviewed Murray Rothbart wrote a, a book, you know, called the, the case for a hundred percent gold dollar, and I and I called him uh, a gold socialist because he wanted to impose a gold standard on everybody. I get a letter from Milton Friedman, and he says, "Oh, I read your article, and that's here's what I written about gold and pseudo gold standards." In the same way, I mean, I had F.A. Hayek and all these people contacting me on what I was that's doing. That's insane. Oh, uh, it was insane. But how did you feel? I mean, like being somebody who was having those type of people writing to you, how did you feel when Saifuddin Amus uh, released his uh, Bitcoin standard book? Like reading that and understanding his foundation of Austrian economics. Yeah, well, I, I thought it was great. And that's why we, we uh, honored him last year with the uh, Bitcoin. He was the, the first Bitcoin standard bearer. I think that book yeah. has set the intellectual standard for what Bitcoin is all about. And that doesn't mean that I agree with them 100%. We have our, our own differences, but that is a tremendous book and it's a, a great foundational book. And it's the, it's the place where, you know, we begin the debate and, uh, uh, you know, where we go from here, well, safe and he doesn't know and I don't know, but this is, he's just given us a, a lot of, good stuff to talk about. And that was what the wonderful thing about that debate that he and, and Selden, I can't remember Selden's first name, but at any rate, he, it was a, a very good debate. Uh, and uh, I, I took the minority on that because I, I think I, I leaned towards uh, Selden's view on that and not uh, uh, safe news. But, you know, we'll wait and see what the market tells us. That's, what, that's the ultimate decision. That's it. You, you can't impose your will on the market, yeah. right? But, yeah, my surprise was just when I got out of, I could, when I found Bitcoin, I couldn't believe how strong a big following uh, that, you know, that sound money in Austrian economics had. I, I would have never imagined that the market would have gone this far. Uh, you know, I got into Bitcoin in 2013 when I mean I'd heard about it I heard when it first went over a dollar but I didn't really look into it and then I saw it and immediately I said this you know I saw it for what it was and couldn't uh, you know buy enough fast enough and uh, and and so you know that's well I, well I think there's a common thread there I think most people who when the penny does drop not purely just there is a speculation aspect to it, but not purely uh, speculation. Once you've realized that it is pretty, um, how would you say, like uh, sound money, it is, uh, it's not as big a risk as the sort of uh, mainstream media and everybody else portrays it to be. You've checked it out for yourself and like anybody else, like you'd go dig a little bit deeper and, you know, sort of tick off all the boxes and make sure it's as low risk as possible. I think that, uh, most people will start accumulating. Uh, and I mean on spots. I don't mean, you know, accumulating and starting to buy like a <laughs> trade on futures or anything like that, but literally going to buy more Bitcoin, whether it's a little bit at a time or whatever you can, whatever you can afford, dollar cost averaging, as you call it. Right. Yeah. On one of my articles, one my, my flagship article, I just go, you know, how, uh, you know, the average Joe can, can profit like a professional trader 
and Bitcoin, and you can literally go back and start buying Bitcoin at, at its peaks. And the, the fact the first peak was in 2014, where it's a thousand dollars. And if you dollar cost average, and you put in a thousand dollars a month from now until you'd be worth well over a million dollars. And and even if you started at the last peak of 2017 and started dollar cost averaging when it was at 20,000, you're well ahead of the game today. And it's just amazing how that works. And there's actually a service out there, uh, you know, that you can plug in all the results of dollar cost averaging. So like I say, the number one message that I have, if you don't own any Bitcoin, you need to go out and get a HODL and start accumulating it. And once you have a HODL and you want to learn how to trade it, then I can, can help you. I do. What we've done is I started, I started on medium and then I started actually trading and public uh, uh, in a small way and publishing my results on the medium. And then I decided to start a newsletter or a website and actually, uh, uh, I opened an account with, with two Bitcoin on February 4th of this year. I remember this. Yeah. And subscriptions. And it's a, yeah, we're we're at thirty five Bitcoin right now, so not too bad. And uh, wow. we have, yeah, so uh, and we probably you know the people on the newsletter get the actual trades after the fact. I don't make any predictions. I don't tell you, you know you, you find out what I, because I I can change and uh, we just are, are you a subscriber? Are you getting our newsletter? I am not a subscriber. I read all your free content, but I do okay. remember you. Uh, I'll give an example. Is I remember one of the the trades that we did, uh, which was simultaneous and coincidental, was the breaking of 6,000 uh, back in 2018. And yeah. afterwards, right, we had a yeah. few trades. And then what happened was you posted a Medium article and you spoke about how a big trader is very easily becomes a small trader. And it, 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 hits, a, and it hits a spot with me because... Basically, what happened to me was I was convinced, yeah, I was convinced, naive as I am, yeah, at the time, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit, I've got a little bit more battle scars now, but at the time, I was 100% convinced that we were going to break that 6K. Now, as a trader, you should never be 100% convinced of anything. It, it should be a matter of probabilities and you should sort of be taking positions. If this happens, that happens. Right. But I was a hundred percent convinced. Right. I took that trade and I made a lot of money. Right. Okay. So I got lucky that time. Okay. Good. It went my, it broke my way that time. It should have broken that way. It should is the bad word because nothing should do anything that you wanted to do. But <laughs> if you get, if you, if you get what I'm saying, it was a high probability that that formation, what has been going on should go that way. But in my mind, it wasn't should, it was a hundred percent. So I took it. I made a lot of money, but shortly after that, I read an article from you and it, 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 it sort of opined that you had done something similar uh, and that now it was time to go on holiday. You, you were going on holiday because you're not going to overtrade and you're not going to go and, um, turn the winnings back to 10% of what you originally, you know, do you want, do you hear what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. Yeah. I can't remember, I can't remember the exact content, but it, it hit a spot with me and then I didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I went and traded and then I, I gave back 50% of what I made. Yeah. 
remembered what you had said and I stopped and then I didn't lose that afterwards. <laughs> I w- so basically, uh, yeah, you, you know, you hit a, you hit a spot there with me and, and I realized and after talking to people afterwards and obviously following and everything, no, I haven't subscribed yet or anything, but yeah. I'm not one of those type of people who subscribes to anything. I, I, well, I, I emphasize, I emphasize, you know, don't, the charts are ob- objective. Okay. That's what the market's yeah. doing. And that's got really nothing to do with you. The only thing that you should really trade is your own equity. And that's really yeah. hard for people to understand. They say, what do you mean you don't trade the chart? I said, don't I, if I exit, it's because of the change of my equity. You know, if I'm getting out, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll if I see the equity spiking up, yeah. I'm, I'm going to call, I'm going to trim. I'm going to uh, reduce my position, take some home. Okay. Uh, yeah. And if I pay see yourself. Break, repay yourself and you don't want to, you don't want to see these huge equity swings. And there's a way that you measure it. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm never net short Bitcoin because I always have my hodl, but I will go short, yeah. speculative short in, in hedge a portion of my hodl. And that's a wise and prudent thing to do. And there are things that you can do, for example, on that move to 6,000. I mean, Tone was on it all along, you know, yeah. convinced it was going to go down. The problem that we had is that we had a backwardization in the market. So we had about six or seven times it went down there. And I said, you know what? This thing's not going to break. And I was always buying it, you know, at 6,000, but it never really rallied. I never could get a position going. And so I was just breaking even all year. But then back there in October, we went into a contango and then they had that, that uh, weird split with, with Craig Wright and, and, uh, yeah, and, and then I saw the writing on the wall. I went short the big cash and went short Bitcoin, and and that's and then I said, whatever you do, don't buy the break under six thousand this time. And so we went from six to you know fifty five hundred, and I sold some more at fifty five hundred, doubled down, and and we you know then we went back into backwardization in December, and I said, hey, it's time to cover your shorts, and this market's probably bottom. I never thought it would break three thousand, and it didn't. And, uh, yeah. and so, so, you know, you get long again, now, now you ride it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the best um, uh, descriptions I ever heard of um, contango and backward, backwardization was from you. Would you mind just explaining what that means in terms of spot, future, what it means and what the purpose is, if you can? Okay. Well, I'm very familiar with it because I, again, I was an old time trader. I did a lot, I was in the gold and silver market in a big way. I would actually make and take delivery. Uh, so, uh, you know, I know how futures work and futures <clears throat> are created. They're not created for the speculator. They're actually created for commercial users, users to pass on risk. And <clears throat> so, uh, the speculator provides a very useful function because they are assuming that risk for the, the commercial users. Now, what happens is uh, in gold, there's <clears throat> gold is always in a contango, uh, except I think rarely once or twice it's gone into backwardization. But 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 it's a reflection of 
the interest rate and storage costs of gold. Your, your contango on silver is higher because the storage costs are higher. It takes more space. Um, <clears throat> okay. And what happens is if a market uh, uh, is in a uh, backwardization, that means that the futures are lower than the spot. Now, Bitcoin was a very immature and infant market. And way back there in 2016, in December of 16 and January of 17, February of 17, we were in this huge uh, backwardization on the Chinese markets. And I figured, you know, the Chinese don't understand how this works, but they, they were, the futures were two to $400 under spot. And I said, that's, that's bullish. And people would look at that. Oh, that's, that means Bitcoin's going down in the future because the futures are under that. I said, no, it's bullish because it's fundamentally creates a, a, a demand on those futures because why people are going to, because people are going to sell the spot and buy the futures because they can lock okay. in the, the, the difference and the, the difference. Is, yeah. 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 Yep. Got you. In other words, what you're playing is that spread and most ahead, if you're a hedger, that's all you're really doing. That's all you're really doing when you're trading Bitcoin and when you're on the Bitcoin standard. So basically, I mean, I was extremely bullish back then. And of course that was the bottom. That's when we were under a thousand dollars and, uh, Absolutely. The, and the, uh, and I, people just didn't understand uh, that, that concept. And I think the Chinese really didn't get it. And, but those that are familiar with markets knew that, that, that this was the case. And it was a lousy timing mechanism. I mean, it was fundamentally the market was going to go up, but man, it took a long time for it to finally realize it. So it's not really a good timing mechanism. Now, Bitcoin's matured as a market, and I think it is now, contango and basis is turning into a timing mechanism that you, you need to be looking at. <clears throat> And, is that uh, is that just because of maturity, or is I that think it's because of maturity. Just, yeah, because there's more users okay. and they understand what's going on, and, and they you're not going to see that big backwardization. Liquidity because of more liquidity, or because, because of, of more, more liquidity, and, and more people are understanding how markets really work. It's a fundamental. Okay. It's a gotcha. fundamental situation, and so that's why this the that's what made me so bullish back there in December, January, and February. And then uh, if you look at the market, of course, we had a huge, uh, there are really very few technical situations. Uh, I think the, the biggest technical situation was the April 1st breakout when we actually broke yeah. out through a, it was a daily uh, high, day, we went through weekly, monthly, and quarterly breakout, which was just uh, a huge, huge, and, I, and the market it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yeah, it was a phenomenal move. Yeah. And then we, yeah. we continued that bull market until we went into in to June when we went up to 11,000 and we shot up to, to I don't know, 13 to 15,000. 14, nearly, four, nearly yeah. 14, nearly. Okay. And, yeah. and what happened was the market went into a, a sharp contango. Well, that, now you have a huge, you, this, this was so healthy for Bitcoin because, I, why, you know, the, the, the sharp miners could sell just a small 10, 20% of their production for December delivery and lock in. They can't lose now for the year. The market goes down to even 2,000. They're, they're locked in. They've got a profit uh, because not only did they did the market go up fourfold, but it was trading at 
you know, hundreds of and dollars. And a premium. Over, Massive a premium. premium. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Massive and, premium. And, and I remember market, it was like and, $300 so anybody premium. Was buying, right. And so anybody, yeah. yeah, the market was fluctuating, but that you were paying such a premium, uh, it was really a bad bet to be buying Bitcoin at all back then. Well, and so, yeah. and guess what happened? Then we finally broke and we broke down that between 82 and 7,800, we went back into backwardization. And we had little spikes where it did that too. And every time it went into backwardization, it would, it would correct itself within a matter of hours or yeah. less than a day. And then we went down there yeah. and it kind of stayed there for a while. But but that happened between 78 and 8,200. So in, me, in my mind, that corrected the market that we now switched the from weak hands to strong hands from weak speculators to strong speculators and and strong commercial interests and then we had that last little break when i was, I was at valley where we went down to 7400 went into backwardization again i got stopped out yeah. and immediately said oh i gotta get right i went right back into it and then we had of course uh you know we had a, a 30 39 percent move in less than 24 hours well that's what's gonna be you know that's Giving you a peek to the future, people. I'm not saying yeah, it, I mean, it, yeah, it's it, a deviation, it, yeah. It just, it's a huge, huge thing. And we did, uh, and so, you know, I, uh, and I, we're having Do you a think that, time. go ahead. Sorry to interrupt you, man. No, um, that's fine. Do you think that not the bottoms in, in terms of the 3K, do you think the bottoms in locally, like as in where we're sitting now? I'm very. And, I mean, this is this is, men, this is yeah. mental again, normally, like normally mental would, masturbation. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, no. I like to say, don't ask me where the market's going, but I'll tell you whether I'm long or short. And I, I yeah. people that follow me, I, I do measure a trend with the two week high and two week low, but it's really you can't measure it because a lot of times it reverses there or it continues to trend. In this case, I do think we hit some new lows this last week, and I'm, I'm just kind of ignoring. Show me I'm wrong. But I'm long, and you, you know the market's going to have to go down to take me out. Look, I wrote an article. My la one of my last articles was on this backet, and I was very skeptical. And I kind of wrote, you know, is it, you know, is it really deliverable, or is it a hotel California? And you know what? If if my analysis of backet is correct, it's huge. It's a huge bullish thing because it is truly. Uh, a deliverable contract. It's just it's different from anything else that I've seen. And what it is in is what a, sense? Okay. Well, if uh, let me explain it with gold. For example, when I took delivery of gold uh, or silver, I would have I would have a certificate, and it would be in any number any one of a number of vaults. It could be Republican National Bank. It could be Chase. It could be uh, Iron Mountain yeah. Depository. Okay. And then if I wanted the, the, the gold or the silver, I would literally have to, I, I couldn't appear personally. Maybe I could be, but you basically you hire another go between like Brinks to go pick up your gold and silver and then deliver it where you want it. This is what Backit is about. They created a certificate that's secure, but but that's really not Bitcoin because it is confiscatable. It's you know the if if the United States government, yeah, yeah. It, it's derivative. Yeah, it's sure. Deriv so the the real question is how can I get that? How do I deliver my Bitcoin from my private address? Turn it into back at certificate, 
Okay. And then how do I get, if I have a basket certificate, <clears throat> how do I get it out and send it to my private address? <clears throat> and that question. Do they do that? And well, here's how apparently it's done. And I, I'm, we're, I, I didn't do the research, but one of my followers did and sent me the information. Apparently the way it's going to be done, it's going to be done through the Futures Commission merchant. And the, one of the brokers that's really working on it and wants to develop this niche is interactive brokers. So I'm, I, I, I have a uh. retirement account that I'm going to probably open up a, 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 an account with them and try and find out more. But if that is true, it's extremely bullish. It's even more bullish. That's huge. Yeah. Well, it's more bullish than even having uh, having the what is it the uh, uh, ETF, ETF the uh, yeah the uh, it's more bullish than that, and because it's more bullish because on an ETF you you can never take delivery. This one you can, and you can limit the risk. In other words, uh, as a large hodler, you would never put too much in those certificates. You know, they're they're more vulnerable than than those that are on your 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 private wallet. But the fact is, if, if interactive brokers, let's say I can make delivery, uh, you know, with three days before the delivery date, have 72 hours to get it to them or get it out within seven, that's just like anything else. It's, it's like, uh, because I actually took delivery once uh, or made delivery once of live feeder cattle. And it's a very, can you imagine doing <laughs> delivery of something that's alive? You got to feed and water them every day. So there's actually a go between <laughs> to make the transition. And then on the article, I also put down the, uh, the old, uh, the, this will be a genuine test between a sound money, deflationary money, and the U.S. dollar. And if, if the market can survive it and if, it will, if we can survive uh, default. Because <clears throat> Bitcoin, <clears throat> with that delivery feature, it could, the backet could very easily go into default, but if the one market, the backet's experienced enough, it may be the one market that is relatively safe compared to everyone else and can pull this off. Because it's going to be, uh, because they're experienced in what they're doing. And I, that's why I say when I wrote the original article, I said, I, I don't want to say any more until, because these people aren't stupid. They spent $148 million developing this platform. And I can't imagine that they didn't know that, hey, this thing has to be able to be delivered into private keys. You can't do it directly with Backit. You do it through the Futures Commission merchant. And so the it's the Futures but, Commission merchant that you're doing business with that is actually you're going to be dealing with. They're the ones that are going to take that Bitcoin out of the Backit certificate and send it to you. And that's the, the, one of the services that they're going to provide. That's so my understanding. Promise. That's my understanding. Now, that's my understanding is they're working on it. It's coming, but it's not there okay. yet. But it, when it comes, and if that comes, you know, when that day comes, who? Uh, it, Fully agree. Uh, it's 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 the same as an the an ETF, only even physically better. settled. Exactly. Uh, just better. No, I agree. If, if that is what it is, as you say, you know, we've only got what we've got to look at. Uh, if it is yeah, what it is. They're working. I and mean, then there are a lot of smart people working on this. And I, I think they had to set it up this way to get it through the regulatory agencies, which is great. 
that they were smart enough. To under so I understand what's going on. I, I understand why they can't really talk about it yet because uh, it's all being worked out. It's not an easy thing to do. Okay, so we've got mainstream legacy markets, which you have experience with. You've dealt in gold markets, silver, and you've got like CBOE doing their futures. You've got BACs, you've got this. Did you see that, uh, I think it's CME, I think, is going to be releasing options exchange. What does this mean for these rogue cowboy crypto exchanges that are out there? I'm not sure. And uh, I would say that... Uh, I, you know, I don't think very much of Coinbase, and I'll probably be writing about that in in the future. I don't think much of the exchanges in general. Uh, I mean, Kraken might be a step up, but their platform's so bad or has been so bad. Uh, to me, in the, the my, I, I used to trade on the other exchanges and do all kinds of you know arbitrage, and and that's very that's a good way to be trading if you know how to do it. But um, to me, the, the advance, the, the greatest advance in the marketplace was actually uh, created by Arthur Hayes. And I really take my hat off to him because I understand. I fully agree with you. And, and I understand what he's done. And guys, it's, an, it, it's incredible. Look, I used to be in the commodity futures market and I had margin calls that I would have to sell assets that you, you could lose more than your account. And I don't think you understand yeah. the, the, his socializing the losses the way he has. Uh, and his, uh, his invention of the perpetual swap, uh, it's just a very ingenious uh, way of trading. And I re also respect him for uh, the innovation has come up about, about not because of regulatory regulation, but because because he's specifically avoided it. Yeah, we've had some really bad. I've been victim. I I've had I've lost on some. Who was big jam or big big butt down there in in Florida? I, I lost a lot there. I lost a, everything on another exchange. I got my thirty percent haircut on Bitfinex. So I've been through all that, but none of those yeah. problems have happened on uh, BitMEX. And in fact, when they actually make good when there is some anomaly that that uh, is is their fault. I, I just uh, uh, I, I, I it's going to be real hard. I, I think that uh, I see no reason, and, and the fact that I understand why they closed down. I mean, I'm a U.S. citizen, so I can't even trade there. My wife is Mexican. Yes, yeah, so. I understand where they're doing. They don't. They can't. They don't want the U.S. in their business, and so they can't have any. If they have any inkling that, that yeah. yeah, why would they want? Yeah, I mean, right. you know why they don't want that. I mean, it's quite yeah. obvious. I and, well, and quite frankly, they, right now they yeah. make, hey, we do our best to keep anybody that's U.S. out. You can, they, you know. I know, you know, like Tone built up a big affiliate code with them, and it, it's all gone because. Well, if I, hey, you're a U.S. citizen, you can't, we, don't, we can't do business with you. I get it. You know, I get it. But you know yeah. what? No the one can blame them. The problem, don't blame BitMEX. Blame, your, go to your congressman yeah. and blame them. You know, that's what the fault is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Look, I think they, they, they're the ones who opened up the door to uh, Bitcoin derivatives or crypto derivatives 
but I mean more more so Bitcoin than anyone else. Oh, they have all the wallets. If you look, if you look, Bitnix, yeah, but every other exchange is a dwarf compared to Bitmax. You know this. You know that there are institutions trading on Bitmax that would not be able to trade anywhere else. They don't have a deep enough market, deep enough liquidity. Yep. No, no, by, by far. I, I mean, it's, it's a very, uh, I mean, he's, he deserves all, all the uh, wealth that he's, he, for, you know, he's really created a great service. And I can't, I, you know, I have a very, very high regard uh, for that organization and for him in particular. And I, you know, a lot of people, you know, disagree with me, but, you know, show me otherwise, guys. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've seen it in other markets. Uh, and I just, like I say, uh, th- his way of paying uh, just once a day, very sound way of not getting hacked. Uh, and, you know, is the fact that it's only in Bitcoin, so he avoids all these jurisdictions, yep. and that's exactly what the market needs. Now, back it's going to be dollar. It's a dollar on an off-ramp. That's the whole thing, and the dollars were nothing But that's my problem. Right, and it solves that problem, but you're going to be KYC and AML. Yeah. The government's going to know what you're doing there. And, okay, so, you know, you Play, it's you know you're playing on, honest businessmen should have no problem with that except we don't have an honest government and so you're somewhat exposed so you only put a, a, a portion of your hodl on in back at certificates and if, it, if the proportion gets too high you get them off of there and so the market is going to decide you know how big uh, back it's going to get and uh, that's going to be the whole key. And can they survive? I mean, I, I, in my last, last newsletter, go look at the potato default uh, by Simplot. I don't know if you know who Simplot is. I but do. He's the, the guy that, that started, uh, you know, fr- fr- uh, frozen French fries. Yep. And he supplies McDonald's. And he, he basically has, uh, owns the, the Idaho potato market or a good chunk of it. But the, the potato market that was being traded back in 1976 was Maine potatoes. And that's what the delivery called for. So there was a default on the exchange. And, you know, I had a customer that he thought he was going to make a fortune. And, and he wound up, I'll never trade again because the, the, the exchange actually did. They, it went into default. This is a very real possibility in Bitcoin. And that's why you want to limit your exposure uh, on back it, but it's going to create, it's going to be the true test of what Bitcoin is about and what the dollar is about. Yeah. And you, if, you know, if it goes, they, you're going to, if they go into default, it's going to expose the dollar. So everything is going to have to be working to not ever let the Bitcoin back at exchange go into default. And that's going to be a challenge, but you know, we, I think the American markets are up, for that because they're sophisticated enough to know how to do it. And these are futures contracts. Remember that too. Yeah. So it's not like Arthur Hayes. If no, you're you can hedge, margin, you can hedge, yeah. you can lose more than what you have there. You can yeah. lose your entire fortune yeah. uh, because it, it's not, it's not a derivative. It is futures. And if you get caught, uh, you can get caught in, in a real big way. And I've seen that happen time and time again. I mean, I remember back in the 1970s, there was a newsletter that was called Inflation Survival Letter. And they showed, oh, you can make 20% on your interest. <laughs> you know, every year, year in and year out, you just put it in the Mexican peso. 
well, that was great until they devalued it. And, I, and so they were, people were buying the futures on Mexican because it always go back to the, to the, you know, the, the government peg rate until it didn't. And then the guy just lost everything, <laughs> you know, and the same thing happened in the Swiss franc. It's limitless. You can lose more than you put in. Yeah, it's limitless. You can lose more than you put in, which is a people whole that understand game. that's, that's and that's they don't get it. They don't understand the service that that Arthur Hayes has provided them. They really don't get it because yeah. they've never experienced it. Exactly. Well, you know, man, it's been awesome, and, and we're coming towards the end here. <laughs> I, I, there's so many questions I had lined up for you, but I'm just gonna like just summarize into one or two. Because you are a true Bitcoin like person to speak to, combined with somebody who's got such a wealth of experience in the legacy markets and with trading, whether it be fundamental, mm -hmm. technical, just so, sort of a holistic view on, on things. What little piece of advice, if you could summarize to one or two things, would you give to some of these crack traders that are They've just discovered Bitcoin and they've just discovered they can plug it into an exchange and they can double it or triple it or whatever. Go to Medium and read my, my articles on Medium. We also have some of them on the website, uglyoldgoat.com. Uh, you know, I, I need to give you a referral code. Let, let, I'll just put you on the comp yeah. and have Eddie send that to you because what you, what you need to do, people can get on there. If they want to subscribe to the newsletter, yeah. then Absolutely. I don't offer of course discounts, we'll do that. But, but I, but I, but I do, but I do offer discounts uh, to people that sign up through a referral. So uh, I will send you a referral code if they want to, you know, if they're interested in the newsletter, they can get a 15% discount. It's like a 10th of a Bitcoin, uh, which would be 0 0.085. And, uh, and then, you know, but you don't need it. If you don't have a hollow, you don't need my newsletter. You're not ready to trade yet. And, <clears throat> Once you do that, once you do subscribe, you have access to all the past newsletters. But basically, all the, the trading information that you need to be successful is on Medium or, or on the website. And, and the number one thing is, if you don't have a HODL, HODL. If you do have a HODL and you want to trade, don't risk more than 5% of it. And if you lose that, cut back on your trading. Let's say you have... Uh, let's just make it a hundred Bitcoin hollow, which, you know, that's a lot, but let, I'm going to make it so it's easier to think. If you lose five Bitcoin, you don't trade five Bitcoin anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you maybe trade four. You cut down. In other words, it's really hard for people to do because they take a loss and they want to increase their trading. No, you take a loss, you decrease. Look, I have turned, it, it's possible to do and, and maintain. Uh, last year, I traded all year and didn't, I traded water all year because I didn't make, never caught a position until that last move. I caught the last move and from 6,500 down to 3,500. That was the only move I caught. That made, I've been profitable every year. That one move made me profitable. This, last, this year, I started with just two Bitcoin and we've run it up now to uh, uh, you know, I think 36 Bitcoin. Well, yeah. how much is in my account? Uh, I only have like four Bitcoin in there, <laughs> four yeah. or five Bitcoin in there. I'm not trading with 30, but I've taken it out. You know, I've put it in other things. I've, you hobble some. You, and you've paid you yourself. And you save. Take, 
Yeah, pay yourself and then invest in new things. Yeah. And that's what the, this Bitcoin standard is all about. It's, it's going to be people that have ideas. We're going to be investing our ideas uh, in Bitcoin. And that, that's what we're, I'm working on. A, I got my, I, you know, I'm an old guy, but I got my hands on a whole lot of projects and with a lot of, you know, youngsters here that are excited about Bitcoin. This is where it's at. This is the new frontier. Bitcoin and, is you know, where it's at. It's not trading. It's Bitcoin. It is where it's at. It definitely is. Yeah. And, and, it's just, and it's a lot of fun once you get going on it. The people, once you get on it, it's, there's a, I, my, my belief is we're going to be the trendsetters. We're going to be developed. There's going to be new moral values that emerge because of Bitcoin. It's just, it's just amazing, you know, where we're going to go with it. So uh, if you're not on board, get on board and, and, and get that hollow. <laughs> I'll leave you on this thought for this podcast, yeah? Today, where I am, is Wednesday, the 13th of November, 2019, okay? Tomorrow will be the 14th of November, okay? Naturally. When 6K broke, it was exactly one year ago tomorrow. We are received... Wow, okay. Wow. <laughs> we are actually at a very indecisive point if you look at price action. Where to from here? Because we don't predict price, but just for fun and mental masturbation, you and I are going to think about. I am long. <laughs> yes, I'm long. I am long. I have no problem being long. <laughs> no, I don't. I'd be very surprised if we can break this market from here. But you know, if they do, show me, guys. If you, I, you know, I'm well financed. On, I'm a strong hodler right in here, and I. And I, I have my reasons. I like to say well, there's a bunch of technical reasons, but this backup thing is it's, just, it's in the background, man, and it's going to explode. If, if they make that thing truly deliverable to private keys, it's the same as an ETF. Yeah. Only better. Only better. Only better. Awesome. Thank you so much. Where can we find you? Give us your Twitter handle, your medium, whatever it is that you want to show us. Let's, okay. Let's get well, me, medium is probably, yeah, medium is ugly old goat. I have a website, ugly old goat.com. And, uh, then I have, uh, Twitter. I have, I'm ugly old goat one, the number one. So, Got it. uh, that's Twitter. It's been an absolute blast talking to somebody, an old school Bitcoiner. Yes, the fundamentals is not Bitcoin. The fundamentals is we have lousy money out there. And so that's why it's going to go to Bitcoin. Real simple. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I can go. Thank you so much. Okay, well, we're glad we did it. We'll do it again.